Hey, everybody, please stay with us to the very end of the episode because we have our bonus monthly segment, Miles of Books with Coach Liz. So you'll want to stick around to listen to that. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. I had a lovely surprise last evening. I was actually finishing, finishing up the notes for this episode, and I got a text, and it was from a friend of mine I haven't seen in five years. Her name's Dana. Okay. And, and she was she lives in Reno, Nevada, and she was en route home from seeing a daughter who's studying in Europe. And she was flying through Portland and she'd missed her connection. So she was going to have to spend the night in Portland. So she was like, hey, you want to have breakfast tomorrow morning? And I'm like, no, I want to come pick you up and we'll go to dinner and you'll spend the night at my house. Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) An unexpected house guest. Oh, so much fun. So I did tell her she had to be out of the room by 945 because (laughs) that's when they're 945. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 945 sharp. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Where'd you guys go to dinner? What kind of food did you have? So, I mean, poor Dana, she started the day in Amsterdam. I think she told me she got up at 5 a.m. Amsterdam time. Okay. (laughs) So, Uh I mean, that was, that was the day before Portland time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she'd been up for a while. She'd been on the bender for a while. Yes. Yes. Uh She had, um, she had treated herself to upgrading to not even business, but basically like, you know, premier plus or whatever. (laughs) She'd paid a hundred dollars for that. And the woman who sat next to her supposedly tooted the entire flight. (laughs) Oh, that is... (laughs) miserable and, and the woman didn't speak a word of english i mean not that she could have said stop farting but like- right what do you do? i mean what do you do in that situation i think i'd try to find a nasty old mask in my bag and put it on right, right? Just- right. or cobble you know a <laughs> barf bag into a an air sats mask yes. or something yes oh like you, my can you imagine you're like i paid a hundred dollars to be engulfed in fumes <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so picked her up and then we went out to, oh my gosh, a really delicious kind of artisanal pizza place, which gosh, I sound so Portland, but um, nice. It's a low key neighborhood place that's kind of on the way home from the airport. And then, okay. then we are driving back and I realized we were about to go right by Trader Joe's and we were really desperate for like bread and milk and some staples in the yeah. house. I'm like, yeah. hey, can we stop at Trader Joe's? <laughs> <laughs> so, so far, the only picture I've gotten of the two of us was in front of Trader Joe's because I'm like, oh, come on. Like a month from now, I'm not barely going to remember this. I'm And I'm going to be scrolling through my picture and be like, wait, why was I at Trader Joe's with Dana? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you know the lively uh, evening life of a, of a mother. So, well, that's the thing. It's I don't know if she's a mom or not, but she's oh, yeah, like, oh no. yeah, I totally understand dropping by the store on the way home because oh, you yeah. need something to feed your family in the morning. Yes, <laughs> right. let's exactly. let's do it. Exactly. Yes. So yes, she is the mom of three. So anyway, so we just had a fun time. And then this morning I went on a three mile run, but came back in time. So she and I could go for a walk together and oh, I loaned her my pajamas and, you know, gave her some, she's like, oh, I don't need a face moisturizer. The air here is like moisturizer. I'm like, no, you need moisturizer. So. Yes. Yes. Please just use this. Here are all of my beauty products right. and just go to town, take whatever you need. You've been yeah. on a plane for a really long time. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So anyway, so that was, that was delightful. So after this, I'm going to zip off and drop her back at the airport and all just seem like a fever dream. Fine. Yes. Yes. So I had a big event last week, my first ever pickleball tournament. And And how did it go? Oh my goodness. It was, um, not what I was hoping it would be. Okay. (laughs) Um, It was, um, it was, so I had a, it was a women's doubles and I was really, I just adore my partner. Her name's Lizzie and she's a better player than I am. She's very poised. She's played in tournaments and we were there to have a good time. We were not there to get 
mopped on the court. Like it just, <laughs> it was not, we, oh my gosh, how to explain it. We had worried that people, you, you rank yourself. It's a self-ranking in pickleball. And so that you were right. supposed to be playing against people of your own skill level. Yeah. And, yeah. but we've heard that people sandbag and play down. Of course. Yes. That's I, as, as you know, I'm a tennis player, so I know all about this world. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So I was pleased that people had not done that. We were playing against people who on a good day are about the same level as us. Yeah. But part of the problem, the main takeaway from this, or two main takeaways, one is that, so Lizzie's, I don't know, let's say 5'4", something like that. I'm 5'11". And so, you know, I'm the short one, another mother runner. But anyway, but we had decided that to our matching outfits, quote unquote matching outfits, would be black shorts, a black tank top. And so I put on a black runner runner hat and my black sunglasses, my blacksmith sunglasses and my black sneakers. So I was, you know, Johnny Cash of the pickleball court. Right. And Lizzie had said, when we go out on the court, look tall and intimidating. And I did too good of a job at that because then people didn't hit shots at me. They just were pummeling Lizzie with all yeah. the shots. Well, that's that's the strategy in racket sports. You always got to keep it away from the tall person. And, and and what they deem me the poor player. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just want to yell out, no, no, no. Lizzie's so much better than I am. Stop hitting it to her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and the problem is also is when you don't get a lot of shots hit at you, you have to remain vigilant and alert because then they do shoot one at you. And then you've been just watching like a spectator on the court. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So we just could not hit our rhythm. It was just uh, Mars was in retrograde or something. I don't know what was going on. And so but other people, other duos in our um, bracket at least had the same experience. Like the one team we beat, they were we were like, oh, you know, how's your day going? Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, we've had a good day. This is the only game we've lost. And I'm like, wait. How does the team that's lost all of theirs beat the one team that hasn't lost any? <laughs> Where's the rhyme I mean, or reason? That's the thing that I, I, cause I've had a frustrating tennis season and, mm. and it just, there is no rhyme or reason. That's, that's it. Like I can have a great day where, you know, my forehand's getting in, my backhand's getting in. And the next day, like I can't buy a surf. I mean, <laughs> yes. I really can't. So, and, yes. and I didn't really eat anything differently. I wasn't tired. I mean, it just, it's so, it's, it's such a frustrating sport, but I love it. I mean, I love mm-hmm. it so much, pickleball, tennis, whatever it may be, but it is, it's, it's really hard to be consistent and it's really hard to try to figure out what those little things are that can alter your game so significantly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just, ugh, it was, but that just means you have to sign up for another one, right? Oh, that's and what Lizzie yourself. said to me. She said, please, please don't let this sour you on tournaments. Yes. I really want to sign up for another one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Katie, I'm, I'm glad that you can feel my pain on this one because it just, I just couldn't understand what was going on. And, and the main thing was, was it just wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. And what I did, my takeaway was that I love feeling athletic and scrappy on the court. Okay. Yeah. And that I just didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And because when I walk off that court after I've played, you know, for two hours with my friends or whatever, I don't remember the wins and losses. What I remember is good hustles I made that when I, you know, dashed up to the net, I still made that great cross court slam and just the laughs we had that we had long rallies. It just, it just, there just wasn't the life like that on the, on the, at the tournament. And that was a bummer to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's tournament play though. Right. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's just such a different style. So I say spend a couple of weeks playing with your friends, doing what you like to do, and then just do another tournament and go in with it with no expectations. Right. Like it can't mm-hmm. be any worse. <laughs> that's what I tell myself and then see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But good for you for getting out there. I mean, when was the last time you played in any sort of tournament, like a million years ago, right? Same with me. So it's just kind of fun to, to get out there and do it no matter what the outcome is. Exactly. And I got to see a different, I got to go out to the suburbs and marvel at what their tax dollars can get. Whereas my tax dollars here in Portland get me nothing. So, um, but that's, that's a story for another day. (laughs) The the pickleball (laughs) rants. So, um, but all right. So for today with the start of summer upon us, we're talking runcations, a portmanteau of running plus vacation. We're going to speak with three women runners who've been on recent runcations to hear about their adventures as well as their been there, done that tips and advice from them. 
Our first guest is Gina Flacco from Fairfax, Virginia. Gina is a senior analyst and a mom of two school-age kids. She's planned and executed three runcations ranging from Maine to Florida, each with a group of friends. Thanks for joining us, Gina. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Gina, I can't wait to hear about all these runcations you have planned, um, but tell us a little bit first about your running background. When did you start running and and how has it evolved over the years? Sure. I started running in 2007. I was kind of going through a rough time. I was at the gym and all the ellipticals were taken and I hated <laughs> running because I was a swimmer in high school and I only ran when I had to, mm-hmm. but I got on the treadmill and I actually felt okay after I ran and just kept going with it. And I met um, my husband who is a runner and he was like, you need to get fitted for running shoes. You should sign up for a 5k. And then it just kind of went from there. So I've been running ever since. I love that. Nice. Nice. So how'd you and your friends decide to start traveling together as a pack to go to far flung races? Um, It's funny how it came about. Um, My friends like to say I'm the one that always pours the Kool-Aid. So we have this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to steal that. That is good. (laughs) Well, we have this like group of us. We're all out. We go like we meet at like five or 515 in the morning and and get some miles in before our kids wake up. And we're talking about races and things we wanted to do. And I found this race in Maine, randomly reading an article in Runner's World. And so I mentioned it to a couple of my friends and um, it was on Mother's Day weekend. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know, should we go away on Mother's Day weekend from our families? And everyone's like, yes, we should. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's kind of brilliant, actually. I I will say it's one of my best Mother's Days, (laughs) which is very relaxing. Um, So we all, you know, the Kool-Aid was poured and everybody was signed on before we knew it. There were like, I think eight or nine of us that ended up going on that trip to Maine. So cool. Yeah. And so it started from there and we all just had a really great time. I think we all wanted similar things. You know, we just wanted a nice relaxing weekend away to just spend Mm -hmm. quality time with our friends. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it was. So how do you choose since then? Like, how do you choose the races that you've done? Is it, does one person pick it you or is it consensus or, you know, do you guys kind of alternate friends and, and they pick the race and then plan the runcation? So for wine glass, it was one that I think we had all kind of talked about at one point okay. that we wanted to do it. And we had actually signed up for it. I think a couple of us were supposed to run it during like the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And I think some of us opted to run it virtually and some of us got our money back. But then we revisited it the following year. And I think that year it was still coming out of COVID. We were like, mm-hmm. are we actually going to get there? We don't know. <laughs> we had all signed up. So after Maine, I think we had all just started talking about like what we're keeping like a bucket list of races that we would want to do. So I think we all we all contribute to that. Okay. And are you know, when you guys present these trips to your families, is there any resistance from your spouses or kids or are they all pretty supportive of your runcation girlfriend getaways? I have to say all of our husbands are really supportive, which is That's amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We got no pushback. And especially, I mean, Dopey was was the longest. Like I had been away on a running trip with friends. Usually they were long weekends. But when mm-hmm. I went to my husband about Dopey, I'm like, I will be gone from Wednesday to Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, See you later. And telling yeah. your kids, oh, I'm going to Walt Disney World. See ya. Right. That would be tough. (laughs) That was a little tough as well. But then when they found out all the running I was going to be doing, they were like, well, we don't want to do that. So, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. When I went to Walt Disney World to work at the Princess Expo back when Dimity and I went there, I didn't tell my family that I was going to Walt Disney World because I knew my kids would never forgive me. So they said, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm flying to Dallas because that's what I was doing. I was flying to Dallas and then getting on a plane to Orlando. (laughs) So yeah, technically you were going to Dallas. Yes, so I, I did. I didn't lie. I said, I'm flying to Dallas. So You're just admitting <laughs> some parts of the truth, and that's totally okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so so Gina, you did say that you, know, you, you were emphasizing that in Maine, it was just so great to get away with girlfriends and, and have some alone time, all that stuff. I'm curious, have you ever said, hey, why do we have to do a race when we go away? You know, Couldn't it just be a weekend away with girlfriends without a race? It's so funny. We actually did say that while we were um, away in Dopey because <laughs> we had done a lot of running and we were like, you know, we should just go to Florida and not have to get up at 2.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and run. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's also like part of the adventure, though, like especially in Maine, like it was a great way to see 
different parts of Maine. And um, I think there's also the, um, oh, we, we just ran a race and so now we can go eat at really fun restaurants and eat lots of good food and not feel guilty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we have talked about like, we, we could just go on a girls weekend and not run. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So you wrote on the Google form that we were soliciting guests for this episode, you suggested finding people that like to travel the way you like to travel, that that's kind of key for having a successful trip. Talk a little bit more about that. Yes. And I I do think that that is key. Um, We all kind of go into the weekend with similar expectations. Um, Mm. We don't have every minute planned. We're all super busy normally and have everything planned by the minute of where we need to get our kids and mm-hmm. and what different activities. So we go away for these weekends really to like unwind. And we understand like, yes, there's a race and we have to get there on time. But other than that, we kind of just go with the flow. And um, my, my friend, Melissa, who, who's gone, I think, on all of the runcations with us, she always helps me plan. Like we figure out like different options for restaurants, but never anywhere fancy where we have to get dressed Mm -hmm. up or, you know, we're just like, we really focus on just spending quality time with each other. And for the race itself, we all have like the same expectations. Like if if we stay together, great. But if somebody wants to go out there and have the race of their lives, go for it. We'll all see each other at the finish line and take pictures with our medals. And it's great, you know, Mm -hmm. so we all just go in very low key, same expectations for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helps. That does help. I went on a little runcation, I guess you can call it, to Steamboat, which is three hours away from where I live in Denver. And three of us ran a half marathon together. And we went with our families too, which was a bad idea. It should just be with girls. Don't bring your kids and your husband to a half marathon race. But that's besides the point. But we were talking the day before. We're like, are we all running this together? Are we going to go at our own pace? And we started running it all together. And then at the very end, one of the three of us is a much stronger runner. And we're like, Nina, go, just, just go, go, go. And so she left us and everyone was like, everyone was cool with it. You know, like everyone has to kind of find their own thing and, and, and go for it if they want to it. No one's going to feel bad about it at all. (laughs) Exactly. We were all just there to support each other. So you've done, you know, a couple country rural races, the main coast and then the wine glass, you know, and then an urban one at Dopey in Orlando. So how did planning for these events differ from each other because of how urban or remote the location was? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think Dopey was the most logistically challenging one to plan only because there was a period of a couple of hours where we weren't even all sure we were going to get in. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Um, oh, registration yeah. for dopey last year, I guess it was the 10 year anniversary and we're all on different devices and we all had like partners that like we agreed, like if I got in first, I would like register like two of the people and my friend had mm-hmm. like two people that she was registering. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I actually think that my friend Jackie was probably one of the last people to get into dopey <laughs> because, wow. We got her registered, and then two minutes later, I saw on a Disney Facebook group that Dopey was closed. Oh, boy. Oh, oh my gosh. How many people are, are in that race? You know, there there were a lot. Well, it's hard to tell because, you know, there were people that were doing whatever that race was that time, too. That's but, true. Um, okay. There were a lot of purple bibs for, for Dopey people. Mm. And I think because it was the 10-year anniversary and there were these people that had mm. were per- perfect Dopeys that had done all 10 of the Dopey races, which is crazy. Oh, mm. So we all got in, but we couldn't like book anything, you know, as far as like accommodations until we all knew that we got into the race. And then we weren't going to Florida for a full week, but we were trying to get a house because there were so many of us and we were doing all these races. We wanted multiple bathrooms and, you know, places <laughs> yes. to spread what, what out. What do you mean there, Gina? I don't understand. <laughs> like morning of the race, we, we can't all be in like one hotel room. <laughs> that is like rule number one. to get burned. Yes. yes. Gosh. <laughs> so we did have like a house that we had like we were ready to pull the trigger on as soon as we all got into the race. So, um, and then some of us were flying out on different days because two of us that went were, um, we called them the smarter ones. They just did the half marathon. (laughs) 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 They were like, we want to come down for the weekend, but we don't want to do all that running. We'll just Mm -hmm. do the half. So we were just trying to plan who was arriving when, um, you know, who owed what for the house. So that, that was like probably the most logistically challenging one, but then, Wine glass in Maine were also challenging because they were smaller towns and there were only so many hotels to, yeah. to choose from. Mm-hmm. It's like grandma's. Yeah. In Duluth. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we thought for a moment that we might end up at different hotels for Maine, but then we all were able to get in at the same Hampton Inn. And mm. there were like, we each had like, it was two of us to a room. So it worked out really well. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, as a side note, one piece of advice for registering for Disney races that I just heard is that gaming consoles, you know, um, so if you have a gamer in the house, that those can get you onto the internet and into those things a whole lot quicker than just a regular computer does somehow. oh that's good to know someone okay. was saying how they got such good taylor swift tickets she was like oh i used my son's gaming headset or console or what i don't even know the whole gaming thing but i was like okay <laughs> that's wild i would never have thought of that but uh-huh. yeah good to know yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so okay so so lots of running maybe some people didn't do a lot of running share a standout non-race related memory from, from one of the weekends away with your friends this is so funny like it's a very random thing the the Friday night that we all got to Corning, New York for wine glass. I think one of the ladies we were traveling with realized she forgot her um, Apple watch charger. Mm. So we tried to go to this target in um, Corning, New York to try to find an Apple watch charger. And mm-hmm. it was a Friday night and we all just ended up spending an hour in target, just going <laughs> aisle to aisle <laughs> laughing at all the random stuff we were finding. And like, I know it's like stupid and silly, but like, that's for me, like one of the standout memories. Cause it's like, we weren't doing anything <laughs> big, you know, it was just all of us spending quality time connecting and unwinding. And like, when do you find that you have all that time and target with your friends to just randomly wander the aisles? See, I, I, I right. feel that way. Sometimes Molly and I, we will run errands together. Like if we're coming back from, you know, a swim or something like that, I'm like, Oh, I got to, you know, stop at Costco or whatever. Do you want, can you, can we do that? You know, we're, it's right here on the way. And you know, as a younger person, somehow you go shopping with friends more often and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and it's just so it is, it's silly fun. I mean, I was telling Katie in the intro that I went to Trader Joe's last night with a friend and it's just, I don't know. I think we should all grab a buddy and go run errands together more often. Yes. <laughs> Would make it way more fun. For way sure. more fun. Way more fun. Yeah. 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 So do you have a runcation on the horizon or still waiting to pick something? Um, You know, it's, I, we've talked about there's a few of us in the next few years it'll be turning 50 and we're like thinking of like maybe Napa, Sonoma, half marathons, mm-hmm. wine country. Mm-hmm. There's been talk like, do we want to do an international half marathon? Look at you. You know, just as our kids are getting older, it's some ways a little easier to do this and also some ways a little harder because they're in more activities and there's more logistical challenges. But... Driving them around everywhere. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that sounds very exciting. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Gina. It's been fun talking with you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Gina. Thanks. All right, we're going to take a quick break to hear from the brands that let us bring you this free content. Please support them like they support us. We'll be back soon to talk to two more Runcation-taking gals. Our next guest is Megan Woosley, a project manager and a mom of a teenage son in Beach Grove, Kentucky. I love Megan's runcation, a solo trip to Savannah, Georgia in May of last year. Welcome, Megan, you intrepid traveler, you. Hi, thanks for having me, Sarah. Megan, tell us a little bit about your running background. When did you start running? Why? And how has it evolved over the years? So I am a slow learner. Um, I was not a child who played (laughs) sports at all. My mother's favorite story to tell about me is I attended one um, t-ball practice and I was hot. I was sweaty and I told my dad to take me home. I was not doing this. And that was the end of my sports career. Um, So fast forward, um, when I was in my 30s, I was around 30 and I was diagnosed with um, psoriatic arthritis and I had a really major physical setback. And at that point in time, honestly, I did good to walk much less to run. So to overcome that and to um, just be so blessed that I, I was able to gain my physical health back and take control, um, 
I had several friends who ran, and I was always so inspired by them. I would hear about their running trips, or they would just go out and run randomly at lunchtime. Like, who does that weird stuff, right? (laughs) And so they really inspired me. And so I, as I was trying to get back into shape, um, I I started out walking, and then I would literally put in like 15-second run intervals. And I was really blessed because I had the best friend, um, Linda, who would meet me out at the park, and she was so patient and kind. And, and my goal was to make it up to where the park was a square. And my goal was to make it up to where I could run one length um, of that square. And then I got to where I could run two lengths of that square and just slowly started adding. So I started running around the age of 38, and I am now 44. Okay. Wow. That's, I love it that you took your time getting there, right? I mean, that's just, that's the right smart way to do and prevent injuries and give you the confidence to keep going further and further. Good for you. So tell us a little bit about how the idea to take the trip to Savannah came to you. So what, what was kind of the goal and, and you know, how, I mean, obviously that's a much different trip than just going to Savannah just to go explore, but yeah, well, just tell us about where, where the, where the idea came from and how you executed it. So it was really by happenstance. Um, back in October of 2020, I was scheduled to go on a runcation with some girlfriends. We were supposed to go down to Amelia mm-hmm. Island and do a challenge. Um, okay. we had the race booked, we had our rooms booked, we had the flights, everything. And we all obviously know what happened in 2020. So we mm-hmm. deferred our race. And um, the airlines allowed us to get airline credit. Okay. The next year rolled around, they couldn't get the permit. So we were, you know, sitting on the sidelines once again. The airlines gave us a deadline. We had to use our airline credits by May of 22 Mm -hmm. in order to use them. Well, I am a cheapskate. Like, I am never giving away my money to anybody no matter what. (laughs) And so I was like, I cannot let these credits go to waste. So I approached my husband and my son and my husband farms. So springtime is a really busy time for him. There was no way he could get away. And my son, um, I could go the week after school let out. And I did offer to take him. I honestly did. I offered. <laughs> and he, uh, he said, no, I really want to stay home and work on the farm with dad and make some money this summer. Hey, that's perfect. Yeah. So, um, Good yeah. So I just didn't have any friends that, that that particular, you know, one to two week time period would work for. And so I thought, what the heck? I mean, I have on my 50 by 50 list that I want to do a solo vacation. And so let's make this happen. So I dreamed of going to Savannah. I love the gardens and uh, the, the squares mm-hmm. that are in Savannah. I, you know, mm-hmm. give me cobblestone streets and the spag moss covered <laughs> oaks and, and just all the beauty of it. I mean, the history around that city is just amazing. It, it just all the stars aligned and it was a perfect time for me. Hmm. I love that. Sounds so dreamy. You are very evocative. I I like how you describe things. So talk us through the logistics or non-logistics of your days in Savannah. On that Google form I mentioned earlier, you wrote, each morning when the sun came up, I would go run and explore somewhere new, and I didn't come back in until sundown most days. Yes. So I, I'm an early riser. Um, I would wake up a little before daylight each day, get my coffee and my breakfast in, um, and I would leave the apartment and just go run. I usually started each day with a run around Forsyth Park, mm-hmm. um, which was absolutely beautiful. And then I would just go and explore the city. One of my goals going down there was I wanted to see all 21 squares. There were several mm-hmm. other historical landmarks and things that I wanted to see. And so each day I just went in a new direction. And um, I'm the kind of person, like, I love to just look and see everything around me. I love seeing homes. I love seeing the flowers out front. And so I would just literally go street by street, up and down the streets, running and walking. Um, I, I would go at my own pace. Absolutely no watch. Um, I, I had a watch to tell time, but I never actually turned that sucker on. Like it was not about going and going a certain pace or a certain distance. It was about exploring the city at my own pace and just truly absorbing everything around me. I wanted to smell the flowers. I wanted to see the sights. I wanted to hear the sounds. 
I, I just wanted to experience everything about it. And, and, you know, that was kind of one of the benefits of going on a solo vacation like that. Like when we travel with people, for me, I tend to be kind of worried the whole time about, okay, what do they want to do? What do they want to see? Um, are we doing everything they want? And with this, it was like, okay, I'm at a beautiful square and I want to sit down for the next hour and read my book on my phone. That's perfectly okay. Yeah. You know, there, there were no expectations whatsoever. Didn't bother to rent a car, just Ubered in and ran or walked everywhere I wanted to go. And it was the most peaceful and relaxing vacation with no expectations on me whatsoever. I loved it. Mm. So, and so I'm assuming you did not miss having a race be the centerpiece of your vacation, that race that had originally been your reason to go to Savannah. Yeah. So I, I love a good race. I love being around the people. I love the energy of a race. Um, but a race can also, I've done a lot of um, girls trips and races mm -hmm. and I, I definitely never regret a single one. I've had so much fun. But when you go to a race like that, it's really time driven of I have to be here at this time to pick up my packet. Then we have to see the expo and 3 a.m. Like Gina was just talking about um, Dopey and I, I ran the marathon down there this year. And let me tell you, those 3 a.m. Um, catching a bus and standing in a corral for two hours, that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It really and truly is. And so it was really nice with this trip because I got probably more miles than I've ever put in in my life, mm. but there was no, I could do it on my time. There were no mm -hmm. um, time implications that I had to meet. And I find I am not an anxious person at all, but the few times that I've gone on runcations with friends and we run a race, that's all I can think about. I mean, I'm just like, okay, well, I probably shouldn't have this glass of wine or I shouldn't eat this for dinner tonight because I've got to run this race tomorrow. Just kind of, it, there's a, a cloud over, over a lot of the weekend. And I wish I wasn't like that, but that's, that's, that's the only downfall I see about running a race over those types of weekends. Well, and I'm kind of self-conscious with my running. I, I'm a very slow runner, and I'm not afraid to say that. I'm very proud of where I am, but mm -hmm. I'm also the kind of runner that I worry that I'm holding somebody back. Yeah. Oh, I need to speed up my pace, and the next thing you know, I'm going way faster than I should, and I can't hardly breathe, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to also not have that worry. Again, wouldn't trade my time with my girlfriends for anything in the world, but at the same time, it did kind of take that, that pressure off. So... Megan, you mentioned earlier your 50 by 50 list. And could you elaborate a bit on that? How, what a 50 by 50, 50 list is, and then how the runcation fit into that? Yeah. And also, I want to know some other items on your list. Oh, absolutely. So I love to talk about my 50 by 50 list. Um, <laughs> I was actually challenged by another runner who, um, she is quite a bit younger than me. And so hers was a 40 by 40 list. And it was a mm -hmm. list of 40 things that she wanted to accomplish by the time she turned 40. Mm -hmm. And so mine is 50 things that I want to accomplish by the time I turn 50. Mm -hmm. And um, it, when I first started the list, it was really, really easy to put travel. Like I could travel 24 seven and be happy. But then I had a quick realization that number one, I don't have that much time off. And two, I sure don't have that much money. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the things that I've done have really kind of combined multiple things like a train trip or a bed and breakfast. Well, that can go along with going on a solo vacation and such. But other mm -hmm. things that I have on there, like my marathon, I wanted to run a full marathon. I uh, wanted to get a tattoo, you know, different things like that, that were on my list. And you're going to love this one, Sarah. One of the things, mm -hmm. number, uh, let's the, I think four on the list was play pickleball. Uh -huh. Aren't you proud? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Have you checked it off? No, no, I have not. <gasps> I have got to get out there and find someplace local to play, but you inspired me. So thank you. Uh -huh. You are very sweet. You're very sweet. I thought maybe you were going to say, be, be a guest on a podcast. I'm like, yes, <laughs> help her fulfill that. <laughs> check, check. What is your biggest, okay. like, what's the biggest reach goal on your 50 by 50 list? Um, probably it was my full marathon okay. and, um, I did check that box again back in January. I did run the Disney marathon and, um, it was wonderful. I I'm probably a one and done marathon person, but I do have a lot of fitness goals that are on that 50 by 50 list, like a triathlon, a Ragnar, um, some mm -hmm. different things like that. So that's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for girls going on a solo runcation? Like what, what do you... What are kind of the top couple of things that you would suggest people really stick to if they're going on a solo runcation? 
Yeah. So um, number one is write it down and be intentional about it. Okay. Mm. And that's one of the things that this 50 by 50 list has given me is that like, it's kind of like a sign in a contract with myself. It's on paper. I feel like I have to do it because the reality is as moms and wives and employees and things, we, we tend to get caught up in all of these obligations that we have for everybody else and our needs and our, our time kind of gets pushed to the back. So write it down, be intentional about it. Um, do lots of research. You know, it, it can be intimidating as a female to go on a trip by yourself. I had a lot of people who really and truly freaked out. My mother um, always worries about everything. And so, of course, she was a little freaked out. But I even had a coworker who it's almost like the coworker was offended, like you're going by yourself. Yeah. They just couldn't believe that I would even <laughs> do something like that. But um, I really tried to do a lot of research before I went to make sure that, you know, the apartment that I stayed in, I wanted to make sure that it was in a safe neighborhood. And am I safe to Uber in? And are you safe to be outside in the streets by yourself at night and that type of thing? Now, that was one thing that I probably um, was very cautious about was being out alone by myself at night mm-hmm. and, and kind of steered away from some of the nightlife that I might would have experienced had I been with uh, my husband or a crowd, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, uh, just do your research, know where you're going, make sure you have a plan. You know, my husband and I, we always have a clear plan. He has the ability to see where I am at any moment on my phone and mm-hmm. to track my runs and that type of thing. And so he you know, we knew our check-ins, he knew when to check up on me and that type of thing. So we had a clear plan. And then I guess the last thing I would just say is, is do it. Don't ever mm-hmm. hold back and miss out on the opportunity. Mm. I've always kind of been the person that, to be honest, like maybe I wanted to go run a 5k, but if I didn't have a friend who could go along and do that with me, I was kind of hesitant and I would typically not do it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I think going on this solo vacation has kind of taught me is it taught me confidence that I can do things by myself and don't mm-hmm. miss out on that opportunity. Like a couple of weeks ago, a local town here near us was having a trail day where you could hike, bike or uh, kayak. And I didn't know anybody who was going to be there. And I used to would have shied away from that and been like, uh, I don't know anybody. I don't want to show up. But now that doesn't bother me. I'm like, you know, I went to Savannah by myself. I went on a vacation by myself. I ran the streets by myself. I can do this. So walking into a new class or signing up for a race or going to a new event, don't miss that opportunity. Take this chance, whether you're by yourself or not, to really go and do the things that you want to do. Don't miss out. Hmm. Good advice. I love that. That's a note we're going to Mm -hmm. end on. Thank you, Megan. Uh, This was really interesting talking with you. Thanks so much for sharing with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Our final Runcation guest is Heather Peter, a high school language arts teacher and mom of two. Heather and her family lives in Broomfield, Colorado. Heather's taken numerous Runcations, most with her best running friend and one with her husband. We're so glad you could join us, Heather. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Heather, tell us a little bit about your running background. When did you start running and, and why? Um, that's interesting. I feel like most mother runners, I hated running uh, growing <laughs> up, right? <laughs> most people do start <laughs> off with that. Yes. Right. It was a punishment for most sports. Mm-hmm. And so I avoided it at all costs. Um, and then I had my kid and I think that I realized I needed to get like my body back and to get back into shape. And so I joined like a teacher boot camp. One of my teacher friends, her sister, is a personal trainer. And she was like, Hey, let's all get together and do some things. And so that was fine. I could do that. And they're like, let's do a color run at the end of this, mm-hmm. at the end of the summer. Okay. I was like, Oh, running, this is the worst. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I really enjoyed my time with them and a bunch of them were like, we're just going to walk it. And I was like, okay, I can walk a 5k like and get sprayed with colors. Um, and so I did that, but I'm really competitive also. And so when I saw the other teachers running, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I can, I, I need to be able to do that. Right. I need to be able to run a 5k. Uh-huh. Um, and so then I just started running and then started training. And then my best teacher friend who also happens to be my best running friend was like, Hey, I saw this 5k, a full moon 5k. And her husband had, um, colon cancer. And it benefited that. And she's like, do you want to train with me? And we can do that. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Um, And then it just kind of went from there. Um, We started training together and it was something to get out of the house and to spend time with her and -hmm. to be with another adult and not just my kids. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) So we started doing that. 
That's cool. I mean, I think that's, again, how most of Mother Runner's stories evolve over the years, for sure. Um, so I live in Denver as well. So I think I know the answer to this question. <laughs> but you wrote on your Google form, your BRF, and you like to race at lower altitudes than Denver. So you have different places to go to. And obviously, you're more so at sea level. So tell me a little bit about you know why you how you pick the races and why you do them outside of Colorado. Yeah, so Broomfield's actually a little bit higher than Denver. Um, mm-hmm. It's like fifty four twenty, and okay. I'm pretty sure this is where all the grandpas grew up. You know, they walked to school <laughs> both uphill both ways. It's, it's, <laughs> they were in Broomfield, um, and, so, and so when we train, it is miserable. We both also have exercise induced asthma. Okay, and so running mm. at altitude is hard. Um, like it mm-hmm. takes a lot of work, and so. We decided like this is this is not ideal for us. So we would pick we pick our races. If it's below fifty two eighty, we are happy, mm-hmm. and then we can PR that way too because we train at altitude and we train mm-hmm. on hills. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of nice. You're like a yeah. pro, <laughs> it mm-hmm. makes you feel accomplished, mm-hmm. even though we're not running any faster than normal. It just seems to be you know we can breathe a little bit better, so we can go a little bit faster. Exactly, you can breathe. I mean, that's the biggest. Yes, I notice for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So on that Google form to find guests, you use the term racecation instead of runcation. So I, I was intrigued by the lingo. And uh, so all your trips include either a marathon or half marathon. Is that right? Yeah, it is. And I feel like racecation for us like gives us a, a goal. Um, and it makes mm. it sound like a little bit more serious, I think, to like everybody else. Like we're not just going on a runcation. <laughs> we have a race at the end of this. Like even though it's not that serious, people take it a little bit more serious when you say it that way. So I didn't even notice that I did that. That's kind of funny. The bragging rights. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah the bragging rights for sure. <laughs> So tell us some of the places you've gone on a racecation and how'd you and your bestie decide where to go? Okay. So we did the Savannah Women's Half Marathon. Um, and that was a teacher trip that we wanted to go to Defusky Island. If you guys are familiar with Pat Conroy, it's like such a nerdy trip. Um, oh, yes. The, <laughs> the Prince of Tides. Yes. Yeah. And he was also mm-hmm. a teacher at one point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we had all read his book, his memoir. And now the name is escaping me. Um, um, but he wrote a memoir okay. about it and, um, he, t- he taught on Defusky Island. So oh. we wanted to go see that. And then mm-hmm. at the end of that trip, we're like, Oh, it happens to coincide with this half marathon. So we'll just turn it into a, a racecation. So that was that one. I, we were supposed to do the Portland Marathon together, but I ended up pregnant. Um, so I went with her um, and I cheered her on mm-hmm. five months That's pregnant nice. from the side. Um, and she loves water and bridges. So I can usually get her to commit oh. to anything as long as there's water and a bridge. <laughs> you know what the secret sauce is. And we got lots yeah. of those in, uh, for the Portland Marathon. Yes. And she loved it. She loved it. So oh, good. I would love to run it one day. And then okay. we did the Royal Victoria again because there was water. Mm-hmm. Such a pretty city. Oh, it's gorgeous. And then we did, I did the LA marathon because she couldn't do a marathon without me doing a marathon. So um, I did that one. <laughs> um, and I don't remember why I chose that one. It was beautiful and it was yeah. great and it was fun mm-hmm. to run through. So, but I'm maybe because there was water at the end. I don't know. Um, <laughs> On the beach. And then we've. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you end at the beach. It's beautiful. Oh, that's cool. And then we did Cincinnati Flying Pig. A bunch of mother runners who I'd seen online and stuff had loved Flying Pig. Mm -hmm. And again, there's water and you get to cross two states. So you get to, you know, have those bragging rights. I mean, you cross two bridges on that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the we did the Indy Mini in Indianapolis. And that Mm -hmm. was, I was promised there was water and bridges. Um, <laughs> and there, liars, liars, all yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is water there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And we saw a bridge. Um, so, you know, sometimes you just, you just have to, have to go with it. So of all of the racecations that you've taken, which can you name it your favorite? I think race-wise, the Flying Pig was awesome. Okay. Um, that was mm-hmm. definitely the best. I think trip wise, it was Victoria. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that we, we flew into Seattle and then rented a car and drove up to Port Angeles, but we mm-hmm. stopped and squim. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like, it's you yep. know, known for its lavender and my BRF loves 
lavender and she'd been there before. So we stopped there and did some shopping and then got on a ferry from Port Angeles. Um, and it was just like the best um, experience. And the, those mm-hmm. views are just amazing throughout the whole race. It is. That's on the Olympic Peninsula. I, uh, I also love how considerate you are of your best running friend. You're like, she loves water. She loves bridges. She loves <laughs> lavender. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You are such a nice you, I bet you bring great housewarming gifts. You're like, oh, I noticed last time you were here that your potholders were a little threadbare. So I got you new ones. <laughs> right. Um, I think that I... I mean, it's a little self-serving. I'm not going to lie about how much I, <laughs> I let her kind of like, I'm like, if you do this with me, then we can go, we, you can run across a bridge and you can go, we have water and like, oh, look, lavender. Um, and so, um, yeah, cause she's not, she was not a runner either, but she wasn't even into sports before. So like, I kind of forced her into this um so i feel like i have to to kind of coddle her along the way and like woo her a little bit distract her with shiny things yeah yes Yes. exactly you guys should consider chicago either the full or the half i run them both Uh and there is definitely water and there are definitely bridges in both okay Mm -hmm. both of them are really fun races so they're both in the fall so consider that that may be or the richmond marathon they have their post-race party down by the james river I'm assuming oh, wow. there's some yes. bridges. Yeah. 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 We need to put together a whole post, awesome. you know, if you're, if your BRF loves, <laughs> <laughs> that's how we'll do a, a ra- how to choose yes, a race please. thing. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah, little decision yeah. tree. Yes. 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 Decision oh, I tree. love there you that go. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, well, I feel like that's like one of the first things I look at, at, you know, if I hear about one, I'm like, oh, but is there, is there water? Is there a bridge? <laughs> And then I'll look at elevation and all of that other stuff. That- <laughs> yeah. Oh my yes, goodness. of course. Oh, my goodness. So so the logistics of an away race can be daunting, like figuring out what to eat on race morning in your hotel room or getting to and from the start and finish line. Do you find that those don't detract from your enjoyment of the weekend away? No, not really. Like, I, I think that first one, for sure, there was like a lot of hiccups and like we we didn't really know what we were doing. That's mm-hmm. part of the things. And mm-hmm. so now I'm such a, I'm a planner. Like mm-hmm. I love planning trips. Mm-hmm. And so I like to do all of that stuff. And we're pretty simple when it comes to like before eating. I also make her get up early with me for training runs. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have kids and I do. And so she, you know, has to get up super early. So she's like a white bread a piece of white bread. So she just brings her own white bread with her. Um, (laughs) She's like very simple in that sense. But like, I love to plan. I think that's the key to having fun is that if you can be planned out for the race, Mm -hmm. then it it makes everything else enjoyable. Um, It's the unknowns, at least for me, the unknown makes me very like erratic and crazy. So (laughs) I can't enjoy it unless I kind of have everything planned out. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of planning, it sounds like um, Sarah told me from your Google form that you always include a special meal or two in during your racecation. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we have this like running joke with everybody around us that we have like the most romantic dinners on our trip. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think it's me wooing her, but uh, no, um, it kind of happened by accident when we went to Victoria and then we just kept doing it. So in Victoria, I wanted I wanted oysters and I wanted seafood. And so we were kind of walking around and I was like, oh, there's this place. And we're looking at their menu. It has oysters and they seat us and it's by candlelight. It's like upstairs <laughs> in this, mm-hmm. this very secluded room. Like we're surrounded by couples. Um, and then we That's order oysters and like a bottle of wine. And I was like, oh my God, what are we, what is happening right now? So, so as an homage to that, I always book us a nice dinner kind of at an upscale restaurant one of the nights. And like my husband gets in on it. Like when we went to Indianapolis, he's like, you have to go to St. Elmo's. It's where all the NFL players go. And like Peyton Manning had his own room there. And like, I hear it's amazing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take my BRF to St. Elmo's. <laughs> On a little date yeah. during our race case. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So well, then how did your when you went to Los Angeles, am I right in thinking that when you did that LA marathon, you actually took your husband instead of your bestie? Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is true. So how did that runcation differ? Than going, you know. Yeah, it's interesting traveling for a race with somebody who's not racing. Mm. Um, and I think that was like the biggest thing. Like, I 
you know, I want to, I need to stay off my feet and he wants to go and like see Santa Monica, which I get, but like mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. to rest and I needed to hydrate. And when I'm, I didn't realize this, but when I'm with my BRF, like it just becomes second nature that you know that you have to stay off your feet and you know, mm-hmm. you know, you need to fuel right and you need to do all these things. And so that was one thing that was different, like the pre before. And then like, I'm, I'm kind of selfish on my race nights. Like I want to sleep in a bed by myself mm-hmm. um, and yeah. get a good night's mm-hmm. rest. And so we're sleeping in the same bed together. And then I had to like wake up early to catch the bus really, really early. And so I'm trying to sneak around and get ready. Whereas like when Annie and I stay together, we share a room, but we're both up at the same time. And we're, you know, I'm not sneaking around and kind of tiptoeing around. So I felt like it was like, I felt like I was the burden, even though we were there mm-hmm. for that trip for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted him to be able to get rest because that's boring to go watch, you know, <laughs> a yeah. marathon. I'm not fast <laughs> by any means. So he was out there for a very long time. And so uh-huh. I was trying to respect like his time and, and space. And so that was a little bit nerve wracking mm-hmm. and different. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have like the commiserating part of it, you know, like he had fresh legs and right. he's ready to go afterwards <laughs> and like, let's go sightseeing and let's go do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just... I don't know what just happened to me. So I just need a minute. <laughs> but like yeah. we still did a fancy dinner and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. he still like made sure that we were kind of checking off the boxes that I like to do mm-hmm. on race cations. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned that because we went to, my husband ran New York in the fall and we all went out there. So my three kids and I, oh, wow. and I, we used to live there. So we booked a whole couple of days ahead of time, seeing friends walking up and down the Island. I mean, we walked miles and miles and Dan's like, um, I'm running the marathon on Sunday. So can we just chill a little bit on Saturday? And I was like, Ooh, I forgot about that. Um, how about you go back to the hotel and we're going to continue. So I did not respect that at all. So it's nice that you at least consider it for your husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or vice versa. Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember when I, I went to Victoria to run the Victoria Marathon with, and I went with my husband. It was a big deal that we went there without the kids or the, that he came with me because usually I go to my races alone. And I just remember after the marathon, I was like, I just need to close my eyes and lay here in bed for a little while. I promise I'm going to rally and go to dinner. Like, I promise. And mm-hmm. we, we did. And we had, and it, it felt good to get out, you know, get back on my feet, be walking a little bit. But there was that like, oh, I can't just lay here in my bed for all the rest of the day. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so okay. So maybe other than sticking to going on a racecation with a, a someone who runs your BRF, do you have any other advice for gals who are contemplating going away for a race? Yeah, I think that like we did made a lot of mistakes with Savannah. We went out mm. there wait like four or five days before the race and did mm. all the sightseeing things um, with our teacher friends because that's what we were there for. And so it totally burnt out our legs. So try we try to get there now like a day or two before and lay low and then book two days afterwards to do the sightseeing and do the active recovery mm-hmm. then. And the other Smart. big thing that I swear by is also learned from Savannah is to stay near the start line so you can walk mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the start line because not knowing road closures and where mm-hmm. to park and all that stuff adds another layer of stress For that sure. you just don't need. And it's nice to just like, yeah. you know, go down the elevator, walk outside, follow the crowd, and then <laughs> do the same thing back yes. um, when you don't know where mm-hmm. you are, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Good advice. Well, it has been mm-hmm. very fun talking with you, Heather. I, I think you sound like an, a very fun person to go on a, any type of vacation, including a racecation. So thanks oh, for talking thank with us. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, Katie, now you plan in your next runcation, maybe? <laughs> yes. I, my girlfriends and I were actually trying to plan something this fall. Oh, so perfect. now I've got some more oh, ideas. Good, good. Yes. But now I have to train for a half. So I Let's don't see. know. <laughs> Water, bridges, lavender, stay close to the finish line. Uh, and a nice dinner yes, afterwards. Oysters. A little date night. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, listeners, if you're all fired up now to take a runcation, allow me to suggest joining us for our next running retreat being held November 3 to 6 on gorgeous Hilton Head Island. There's no planning on your part. We take care of all that. We bring in guest presenters, lead group runs on the flat, hard-packed beach, eat delicious meals, do yoga, make loads of new friends, and laughter, so much laughter, all with a front-row seat of the Atlantic Ocean 
there's that water, from our host hotel, the <laughs> aptly named Beach House. Hilton Head may be, maybe our last retreat for the foreseeable future as we're debating pressing pause on our retreats for a bit. So if you've ever daydreamed about attending an AMR retreat, now, today, now is the time to make that dream a reality. Go to anothermotherrunner.com and click on events in the top navigation bar to find all the details and to register. Again, go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on events at the top of the homepage. Our podcast day was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medora from Fire on the Bluff. And we got one minute to spare. Thanks for staying with us. This is Miles of Books, our bonus monthly segment. That's a short conversation with Liz Waterstrott, a coach in our Train Like a Mother Club and one of my occasional co-hosts. Happy summer to you, Liz. Thanks, Sarah. Same to you. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, let's be candid with folks and share the reason why you didn't have a lot of books to choose from for this episode. It's not because you haven't been reading. Oh, oh, I, I just picked up on what you're saying there. <laughs> I, I you was picked thinking, up what I'm laying down there, Liz? <laughs> I was thinking of all the reasons in my life I haven't really had a whole lot of time to read, but <laughs> one of them just ran by with a flashlight. Uh, but um, it, it is harder to read in the summer, but I have read. But I've mm-hmm. read, I don't want to say I've read duds lately. I just haven't read any standout books that I think everyone would benefit from reading. I've I've just mm. read some some decent books. I didn't know that that too many of them would resonate with our audience. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's that's the secret behind it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And tell me again, I admire that you stay with a book even if you're not digging it so much. Am I am I right in saying that you do that? Like you're you once you dedicate yourself to a book, you stay with it. So when I read my 100 books in 2021, I had a rule that I couldn't quit a book. And that was painful mm. at times. Very painful. You know, because 100 books is a lot of books. And, oh. and I wasn't as aware of how to choose a mm. good book, which again, mm-hmm. has to be under 200 pages. But <laughs> um, so now I try not to quit a book because I think if someone took the time to write this down, maybe there's something I can gain from it, even if it's how not to write a book. But um, I, I will say I do, <laughs> I do speed read through like the books that I chose for today. There were some chapters that I didn't give my full attention to because a lot of it I had read before or I wasn't as interested in it, but mm-hmm. I tried, you know, to pick up on the gist of each chapter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I want to tease out something you just said in that though, which is that you weren't as capable or experienced at choosing good books. Tell us some of the things that you've learned along the way on how to be a, a greater connoisseur of what might be a good book. <laughs> don't don't put that label on me. Um, <laughs> that list, she's such a connoisseur. I mean, I'm you know, you do love mud water. And then I know you've gotten to choose, you know, I think you got some wine that, that we talked about maybe for the There's podcast. Coffee. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> Well, I just think if you want to write a book, you better have a lot to say about the topic because I feel like, (laughs) especially with these nonfiction books, someone has a topic or an idea Mm -hmm. and it could be better expressed in a blog post or an article versus dragging the reader through 250 pages of stories and detours (laughs) about this topic. I've never written a book, though, so I, I understand. I respect how hard it is, but I do feel like there must be some... There must be some unspoken rule in maybe publishing where they have to meet a certain word count or a certain page count, because I do feel like a lot of these books go on and on. And oh, for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's in the contract. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That they, that they, as someone who's, who's written four books, three with, with Dimity McDowell, that it is in your contract of how many words you're going to deliver. Ah. And you can, you can over deliver. Okay. But don't, you, you know, please you, don't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right because otherwise you'll go over 200 pages and um, but yes you have to because also i mean to your point about why don't they just do it in a blog post or something like that i mean 
you know, people want to get paid more. And these days there's very little money in writing for the web. And so this is a way to, you know, maybe get a nicer advance or some promotional money then behind it. And also to hopefully have a bigger platform and spread the word. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think a lot of books, the authors of books have an ulterior motive, you know, that so that, I don't know, they've got something bigger that they want to promote or they want to build or themselves, their brand, whatever it is. Sure. Yeah. And I think that there Mm -hmm. are some authors out there who clearly are better at drawing out that word count. They're better at Mm -hmm. filling it than others. I'm looking at a book on my shelf and all I can remember of that book is it was like the same piece of research that kept citing over and over <laughs> again. So anyhow, but I don't want to get too down because again, I haven't written a book. So I, I really, I have, I have no right in, in judging how people write books, but I will say for my personal preference, under 200 pages, succinct, but not too robotic either, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you want people to bring a little bit of themselves, a little <gasps> yes. a flavor, a taste. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can I bring up a book? And I think you read this book as well. I'm thinking of Lauren mm-hmm. Fleshman's book. Oh, I knew okay. you were going to say that. Oh, what? Uh, Sarah, we're uh, on oh, the same wavelength here on Riverside. This <laughs> we're is amazing. On the same page. Yes. Yes. Have Barry insert that sound, sound bite. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I thought her book was the perfect blend of topics that we all want to learn more about. But then she inserted these little personal stories in there. And it really, it was a seamless book. You know, you didn't feel like you Mm. were reading a research manual, but you also didn't feel like you were reading um, a a, a, like autobiography. I mean, it was just, it was really well put together. It is so, it is so well written. And I also, you know, Lauren Fleshman is a very, very intelligent person. You know, she went to Stanford. She very bright. She is not showy about that intelligence, but it comes through in all the pages Mm -hmm. in a very humble way that she is intelligent. I mean, it is just, it's just evident on the page that she is bright and savvy and sees connections and is contemplative about things around her and, situations. And yeah, I mean, it's, I can't recommend that book highly enough. It's called Run Like a Girl. So by Laura. Good for a girl. Good for a girl. Good for a girl. Thank you. Good for a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, all right. But the two books that you are here to talk about today are ones that we have also talked about on the podcast, uh, Up to Speed by Christine Yu and Next Level by Stacey Sims. So tell us kind of what the common theme is you see uniting these books. The common theme is Dimity on Instagram. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, for a while, just kept noticing that there were Instagram posts about Dimity doing, I think it was a perimenopause program. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that these were two books that if you want to take a deeper dive into that transitional stage of life, and please, under 40s, please do not check out right now and think that this isn't for you or about you. Um, you know, there's a long transition we make, I feel like from our late thirties into the rest of life. And I feel like these would be two good books to read to understand. Um, and especially up to speed. That's, that's a book anyone can read, but, but she does get into a little bit of, of later in life. But, um, that's why I chose these books. I thought that they would be really good fit if, if you were in that program or, you know, wanted to read more about that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what similarities did you see? in terms of messaging about perimenopause, menopause, I mean, kind of that it doesn't have to be the end of your life to be going through those transitions. Yeah, yes, exactly. And also that there's a lot we don't know still or don't understand. Mm. And basically the message was whatever you're feeling right now is normal. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. whether, and they list out, one of them lists out all the different things you could feel. I, I feel like you could feel those things if you were just having a bad day or a bad night of sleep, <laughs> you know, or hey, it's summer. Aren't we all hot? Um, so I, I think, you know, and I find that even as a coach, one of the most powerful and frequent things I tell people is you're normal. This is a normal part of the human experience. Mm. These feelings are normal. It's not not a sign that something's wrong with you. Of course, some things could be wrong with you. But I think when we normalize mm-hmm. the message that this is just part of life, and there are things that come up. And here are some ways that you can maybe make life a little more enjoyable or, or make these sensations a little uh, fewer and further between. So that's what I found mm-hmm. in both both of these. And 
I mean, kind of if you're comfortable talking about where were you in the, um, you know, the estrogen cycle of your life as you're reading these books and, and what you <laughs> kind of gleaned from it from where you were. And well, what, that's what. a deeply personal question, Sarah. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm happy to overshare. Um, <laughs> Good. Go for it. You know, I don't know. And I had my kids later in life. So I had my last child when I was about 41. And so mm. I feel like I have been in a state of hormonal flux for probably, oh, the past 15 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I was someone who it was very easy for me to get pregnant, but not stay pregnant. So I had to take a lot of hormones mm. during pregnancy. So that's mm. a long winded way of saying, I don't really know. Um, I had, mm. um, I had an ablation because I had mm -hmm. like drastically heavy dangerously heavy periods. And so mm. um, one option that I, I pursued was an ablation. And so with that, you don't, you don't really get periods. And so mm. I, I don't know where I am on the spectrum. I assume I'm, I'm closer to the, what do we call it? Do we call it like the, the, the rainbow line menopausal? Oh, oh, come on. <laughs> finish line just sounds so terminal. It, I feel like no, 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 because I find the menopausal process—it's a slog. It's a I mean, slog. it makes a marathon seem like a, a I just, party. Just tell me there's a rainbow, something <laughs> like you know, can, all these pretty flowers, <laughs> confetti you know? drops. There's maybe a few clowns that jump out of a car. Something happy happens, uh, and I don't know. I'm probably towards the you know near to the end of it than the start of it, but that's okay. It's it's all just a season in life, and I'm trying to enjoy mm -hmm. wherever I am on on the map. Mm -hmm. I had the joyous experience of, I mean someone had started to pull the string on the confetti drop for me <laughs> with menopause. I was, I'm not kidding you. So they, they say that you're through menopause when you've gone a year without having a period. Mm -hmm. I was like two or three weeks away from that year mark and boom, here comes mm -hmm. another period. I'm like, Oh, come on. It was like, like Hey, <laughs> Hey, do you forget about us? <laughs> yeah, reset that clock, like dig through the drawer and find some tampons. I mean, come on. So. Oh, boy. Well, every woman's journey is different. Mm -hmm. But I especially felt yeah. like, um, and, and we all, I feel like every woman, especially an athletic woman, knows Stacey Sims. But I feel like mm -hmm. the book Next Level, which was, you know, my other book besides Up to Speed, I feel like she kind of snuck that one in without making a whole lot of fanfare about it. Um, it was published mm. in 2022. Um, so I thought that was, it was a really good book. I mean, I'm sure most of us have read Roar, which was her first book. I was about to say, yeah. So you think Roar got a whole lot more, by its very title, got made a lot more noise in the world oh, than Next Level. Definitely. Did. Because at the time it was published, I feel like it, it was like one of the first things out there that suggested that maybe we should take our periods into consideration when we go about mm -hmm. athletics. Now, there's been a lot of recent research that has debunked a lot of that. Doesn't mean that you don't you know, you don't have days where you run hot and maybe you have days where you feel better than others. But um, mm -hmm. I think Next Level does a great job of just giving you like really practical strategies for, okay, maybe you are in this transitional phase. Like, how do you exercise? What do you eat? Are there, if it's your thing, are there supplements you should take? You know, are there mm -hmm. things you shouldn't do? So I, I just, I thought it was, I actually thought it was a little better than Roar. Um, and it's probably because of mm. where I'm at in life. Mm, that's intriguing because I mean, gosh, people just love Roar. They just think it's a life-changing book. So that's fantastic that you place next level, uh, a step above, a level above it. Yeah. Um, so, and do you find that from Up to Speed, Christine Yu's book and Next Level by Stacey Sims, do you find that there are things in those books mm -hmm. that you are sharing with your the women athletes that you coach? Do you find that there's takeaway messages that you are then ultimately sharing with other people? Definitely. I think if you read nothing else from these two books, you have to pick up Up to Speed and read chapter four, which is fast fuel. Mm. And she just goes down, you know, that road of how many misconceptions women have about eating and weight management and fueling. And it's such a good, well-written chapter. It's not very long, but she really makes the mm -hmm. point uh, and backs it up with some, you know, hardcore science about just fueling, like how to, how to feel well, what, what to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. So I share that all the time with my athletes, you know, just oh, this good. idea that, uh, no, I don't think you're training for an Ironman and eating too much. And that's mm -hmm. why you're gaining weight, you know, mm -hmm. it's probably not eating enough and there's some stress hormones and, you know, inflammation going on there. So, so yeah, mm -hmm. I, I really liked, really liked that chapter and up to speed. Awesome. Awesome. 
All right. Well, thank you for sharing these books and some TMI with us. We really appreciate it, Liz. Always fun talking with you. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.